This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me, Mr. Chris Budd. We're going to talk hello, about hello, the hello, Polish hello. trip. We are. We didn't give you uh, something for the weekend last week because we were away and uh, you were well, traveling. You got stuck. <laughs> you were traveling at the crack of dawn, so uh, we, there was no time to do a pre-Chelsea game. So instead, we're giving you uh, a look back at the Polish experience, the Legia Warsaw experience now we're not we won't talk too much about the games more of the experience really this is kind of a bonus of which you were lucky to even get there because <laughs> you very nearly yeah, didn't make I mean, the flight <laughs> it started not it didn't start well and didn't end well but everything in between was quite good i mean let's start with the genesis uh, i mean warsaw you know i've got some uh, polish relatives so I, so I know poland uh, well as as the culture and people or whatever so i've always had a you know I've, I've been a few times to various places but i've only been to warsaw once and that was about six years ago that was more like hanging out with the local kind of thing and you know going to like let's say cooler bars and whatever off the tourist beaten track which is a nice way to see a city but yeah no it, well, it's the ideal way so this time we thought well yeah, let's let's do a bit more more of the touristy thing. But uh, I mean, the plan was basically there was no plan to go to Warsaw. It was then tickets uh, popped up, didn't they? Yeah, I was just on the website in the evening, and it's and people were saying, "Oh, well, it's sold out, it's sold out." And I just went on. I mean, sometimes I do this where you just like uh, check things, and I refreshed it, and a, and a ticket popped up, and then uh, I tried to get that, and it disappeared. Oh, the ticket page always does this, like when it's near sold out some people still have tickets in the basket for trying to order and they and then they didn't go through so those will pop back up in the system so i looked again and there was one and i just thought well it's 18 quid let's get it and then let's work out if uh, we're going to poland how it kind of ties up logistically and then uh, you know if we don't go then we just you know give them give the club the ticket back so uh this was like an, in an evening and then uh, bing bang bosh the flight out there was wasn't too bad considering and it was a half nine 
but I decided to go on Tuesday because I thought, well, I'll just take my laptop and, you know, you can kind of still do your business out there. I, you know, I've always been freelancer. That's pretty much what I've, I've kind of done. And on the way back, there were a lot of the flights, because people had booked them as soon as the dates had been released, uh, like, you know, the Ryanair flights uh, on the Friday were sold out completely. But of course, uh, you know, if you're prepared to take a three or four hour train around Poland, you can go from another airport. So Which a lot, uh, a lot, I look like a lot are done. Yeah. So I ended up, I decided to go from Wroclaw on Saturday because I, I, I ideally wanted to land in Birmingham because then you can just fall into an Uber and get home rather than landing in Luton or somewhere. Then, you know, the, the trek continues. I'd Which is what do I did tre- on the Friday morning at silly o'clock. Yeah, I'd rather do the trek in the country because then at least you get an experience of going on the mm-hmm. train and, you know, just basically living in Poland, you know, just the uh, the practical things. It's always interesting to uh, have the insight. But anyway, booked an apartment and made sure there was a couch just in case uh, there was a pull-out couch, just in case any other ways and strays wanted to come along. I think I texted you at night. I said, right, I'm, I'm off to Poland. Fuck it. <laughs> and I went, fuck it, I'm coming too. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Have you got a couch? Yeah, I've got it. Pre- pre-booked a couch for you. Uh, but had you a sheet delivered, didn't I, on that first night? Yeah, thank you very much for that. <laughs> But yeah, then it then it all went to shit in the morning when uh, <laughs> it really did. <laughs> I, I normally go to Dublin every month, so I'm, I'm well versed with Birmingham uh, Airport, and I, you know, pretty much know how it works. And I've been on different times regularly, so I kind of know, know the setup, and I, I know how quickly I can get from my house to sitting on the plane. So if you're in the shit, I've, I know what's kind of possible. Anyway, uh, I was running late, and I was moving in slow motion. I'd like you know two hours sleep. And uh, I didn't leave at the ideal time for a half nine flight because obviously you're getting into Birmingham rush hour and where I live, it's... uh, And all the school runs and all that. School runs, work runs, it's tragic. So I got a cab and I thought, yeah, I'm still still good. Till just literally went around the corner less than a minute from my house and was stuck in the same place for like 20 minutes. Wait, was it two? Was it, was it, I was going to say you're having two alerts from Uber, weren't you? Saying, are you sure you're moving? <laughs> three, I think it was three in the end. Three yeah. alerts from Uber saying, just checking in. You haven't moved. Is everything all right? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> no. Like, Uber presumes me dead. All <laughs> 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 your pulse has stopped. Literally, have shown no sign of life on GPS or, or whatever. And of course, I'm running late anyway, but I know that, you know, you, there's going to be a bit of traffic, add, you know, 10 minutes on. And then I'm sitting there. And I said to the driver, it's not good, is, is it? I said, uh, have you got any other routes up your sleeve? And he said, oh, what time's your flight? And I said, half nine. And he went, oh, shit. <laughs> so he knew it was like we were in the shit because we just wasted 20 minutes literally around the corner. This normally takes 20 minutes, by the way, to get to uh, the airport on a, on a clean run. So uh, anyway, long story short, there's three points in this journey where I think this, this is over. There's no way. I'm getting there. You know, the estimated time of arrival at one stage was quarter past nine and the flight's at 9.30. So at that point, you're thinking, we're fucked. But then he started, the driver started pulling out these Grand Prix moves. I mean, this guy obviously schooled, did his probably his driving on uh, the streets of Delhi or something because he was overtaking on the inside, burning around. And I thought, oh, this guy. And suddenly that estimated time was being chipped away. He was pulling out some moves. Sometimes you th- you were like, oh, fuck, that was a bit dangerous. But uh, hey-ho, let's go. We're still alive. And he got me to the airport like a shade after nine. And I thought, right, I know the score. I know the score here. You can basically just uh, keep talking to people 
when you get to the, uh, the the queues and the lines and they'll they'll see you straight through and i managed to get all the way through blitzed it in like literally seconds got to the security and then i realized there was a little moment where i had a baseball cap on and i took it off to get stuff out of my bag and this guy kept giving me it back and i said yeah yeah it's all right put it down there because i'm going to pick it up and he kept giving me it back and distracted me from the from taking out my wash bag and so my bag started to go through and i thought oh shit my wash bag's in there that, that's going to go into the slow lane where they have to uh, physically check your bag and there's literally uh, five bags to be checked and it was like 20 past nine and i'm thinking i can't believe i've pulled out a miracle and now i've just shot myself in the face at the last hurdle and these guys were like casually chatting and then i you know basically called him over and i said look this is the situation can you please just do my bag now it was, you know elementary error and he said oh well as long as these people uh here don't mind and i said look just check the bag will you which he did managed to get there i think you said uh you told me like they're closing it you know they've closed it when i got there it was closed but they just opened it and literally walked on as the last person was walking on with a drink <laughs> a drink in. How the, how the fuck? i've been sat on this plane for half an hour and you've got a drink before me <laughs> yeah when i as soon as i got on the plane i said oh can i get a, can i have a drink of water and they just looked at me like you know who the fuck do you think you are and i was like i've just ran just sweating <laughs> then i i didn't book it but i had extra leg room and it was almost like a little room wasn't it there was so much space yeah yeah, yeah. In this visa anyway Anyway, so that was it. There you go. That's 10 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> so that was the first adventure, getting there. So you think everything's a bonus from now on because there was a backup plan, you know, fly out to Poznan, get a train from there, but and then you'd probably end up in Warsaw, uh, you know, 10 o'clock at night. But I was on two hours sleep. I was like, with me, I'm liable just to say, oh, fuck it. One thing that was useful on the Polish trip was my NordVPN account, which came in handy when... My flight back from Poland was delayed and then cancelled, so at least I could access my subscriptions to watch shows and films while I waited at NordVPN. Are supporting the My Old Man Said podcast by offering listeners a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings if you want to ensure the privacy of up to six devices while you are browsing and also change your virtual location. NordVPN allows users to watch sporting events, films and TV shows that aren't available in their region by switching their location to a country where they can watch it. Perfect for those untelevised English football 3pm kickoffs or in Villa's case, those Sunday 2pm kickoffs. To grab our exclusive discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms. You'll also get four months off for free, and there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. You'll find the link in the episode description notes. Thank you very much. So we're there, and we've, got, we've basically got two days to uh, hang out before uh, match day. Well, I'm pretty much like a probably what at least well a day and a half really before the Wednesday evening before barely any Villa fans even arrived because there were a few on the flight but not very many. So we decided to get a, like a Warsaw Pass. As I said, I wouldn't. I wanted to do a bit more like the main touristy things. We wanted to go to the that football, the national football stadium, have a tour as opposed to uh, the Leisure Warsaw one. Which was worth it. When I was last in Warsaw, I didn't go over the river. So there was also a neon museum. I mean, anybody who follows moms on Instagram would have seen a lot of what we were getting up to over there. Along with, as, the, along with your uh, extensive food tour of Poland. <laughs> as well as my consumed cuisine. <laughs> 
but uh, because you've got this pass, we were joking, it's like cricket. You've got, you pay, was it like 190 Zlotties for 48 hours? And so. Which is about 30 quid, isn't it? Ish. Yeah. So then we're looking at knocking up uh, Zlotties. I mean, if like, for example, it's 30 Zloty to get into this, 25 to get into this, 90 to get into that. So it's like cricket. You're trying to knock up your score to, to beat the, uh, the 190 that you've, you've spent. So on the first day, there was this, there was this planetarian thing, which, you know, I don't mind planetarians, but, uh, and, and I just thought, you know, something different. But we got there and we were trying to book in the show. Everywhere we were going, there was like lines of kids following us. It was, uh, I don't know if it's because it's the last weeks of summer that they have all these school trips. But we picked a, a show that was like past, uh, it was like 15 plus, basically age 15 plus, because most of the shows were kids shows. And then we got into this, uh, it was like a science museum, interactive Which science is wicked. museum. But it was, like was all pl- about it was almost sound like, and music. It was, but it was like the play bit, wasn't it? It was all interactive, so you just play the whole way around. It was great. Admittedly, I'd gone to Poland to avoid the studio, and I ended up playing with like synths and stuff like well, that. Well, the break dancing uh, oh, dance fun. floor was good, where you just like press things and it gives you and like the, and uh, the filters thing, which was good, which you'd sort of stand in front of it. And it had like sort of scrolling, not like Instagram filters, but kind of all these fun sort of almost like AI art, wasn't oh, it? Was really visual clever. thing. Yeah, they had yeah, they had really like clever. self-drive Mercedes car as well and that was really cool. various futuristic things. So that, that was like an added extra. I think that was 40s Lotties knocked up mm-hmm. and then 25 uh, for the show. I enjoyed show. that more than the Planetarium. The Planetarium was just a sit-down, wasn't it? Where it was a recliner. Oh, yeah, that was, fact, was that the next snooze. day? Was, <laughs> that was, was it, on the Wednesday. We, yeah, we did that on the... What did we do on the first day then? Got some food. Oh, the first... Sorry, yeah. The first day we, we went for a stroll around... Like the old town, we, we were based in the old town, so it was good access. Yeah. We were on the edge walked, of it, old town, to, so you could just stroll in. Yeah, and w- walk down. Well, we could see the stadium over the river, which it, which sits incredibly, doesn't it, in the in the sort of the skyline, if you want to call it that, over the yeah. bridge. Went went and checked out where the the pubs were that the villa had recommended. Realised that the pubs were really pony little, very pokey little pubs. But anyway, yeah, just, well, yeah, the re- yeah it was like a recce the first day, wasn't it? Then we had, uh, yeah. and then crammed on the on the Wednesday. Dinner in that old town. So what we just explained about that science thing was on the Wednesday. And then uh, when did we go over the river? Was it Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, we went. Well, well, the first day, actually, we saw the dancing fountains, didn't we? Oh, yeah, the dancing fountains. That was just around the corner. But anyway, you can't see any of this because it's an audio-only podcast. But we went to the National Stadium, which was, I mean, it's very similar to the Budapest one uh, that I've been to. Also, the Bilbao Stadium, which I went to recently on a tour. It's just the open middle concourse, which uh, changes the whole dynamic, doesn't it? It just so makes open. it, uh, as a supporter, it just makes it, compared to Villa's kind of hammer horror concourses, closed off concourses, it's a completely different experience. Well, it, look, it looks great from the outside as well, with a sort of, it's almost like an exoskeleton with all the LED. So at night it's lit up and it looks kind of similar to the, the Munich Stadium, the Allianz. But then inside it's, it's, it's very, very modern. And spacious, and just everything you'd expect a modern stadium to be, but quite compact in terms of yeah, how very you close view to the pitch. pitch. Or I'd imagine for a concert, which was what they were setting up for, it was like a, there was a K-pop gig, wasn't there, on the Sunday? And I'd imagine for a gig, you're very, Saturday, very close. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're in the sort of the lower bowl or you're on the pitch, because it's not a huge pitch area. But it was a Polish guided tour, but our guide was actually. Uh, you know, she was a real doll. Actually, she was doing English for us 
and really good fun as well. The school kids. <laughs> but she was a really good sport in the shower rooms, the, the the players' showers room. She showed us this video of Paul McCartney when he played there, doing like a acapella voice warm up, and she was she suddenly started freaking out, dancing to it, which was <laughs> which, which I should have videoed that if I knew uh, she was going to pull that one out. She was the headline act, but no, she was great, and uh, it was a great all access tour. What did we do after that after the uh, planetarium? It was more food, wasn't it? Well, we went to the beach. We went to the beach, the the, the, bar, the beach, the, the beach on a barge, which was really cool. The river that runs through uh, Poland that separates. I mean, there's a district called Praga, which I remember when I was there five or six years ago. They would say, "Oh, yeah, you don't want to be over there when nightfall comes." And there was a neon uh, museum I wanted to go to, so we went over there for that. I think that was on that the was day cool. of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the morning of the game. Yeah. It was like, yeah, they haven't got they haven't got around to doing up this side of. No, it's very sort of like bits of Berlin or the the, the sort of bits of Hackney and stuff. It's pretty pretty real, should we say? It's like Soviet period, uh, yeah. Poland, shall we say? Brutal. <laughs> There's still that kind of uh, rawness to it. Very much so. And then, uh, just I mean, I've just been eating uh, Zurex and herring. I mean, I was ordering two dishes every time I was in a restaurant just to uh, cover off all my uh, all my <laughs> cover all bases. And then, of course, we came back and went to a Chopin recital, which was really good. Yeah, I wanted to go to a concert there, but there was nothing happening. I mean, there was the hives. There was uh, some other... Te- I mean, I've seen them years ago. And then I just thought, well, actually, my favourite classical chappy is Polish. And the last time I was there, I stayed literally next door to the Chopin Museum. So let's go to uh, one of these Chopin recitals. Also, it was 90s Lotties, so that comes off the Warsaw Pass as well. So that's like hitting a six. That was good runs. <laughs> that was like a super over. But yeah, it was a real intimate piano recital. in Cool little gallery space, wasn't it, really? Art gallery. And the actual uh, art in that gallery was pretty good. Yeah, some really weird photography. It was great. Some decent uh, stuff. There was about 30 people there, and halfway through they gave you shots. But that was the calm before the Villa Storm. Yeah, the day of the game, we crammed in a load more at the Palace of Culture and went up the went up the top of there, which is kind of like the the sort of landmark, isn't it, in the city? And even at the top, there's all the sort of stickers from all these various ultra groups from all over Europe, which is quite cool, actually. You see all these teams that have been there, and the view's brilliant. The Palace Palace of Culture. I mean, this this is what the Soviets basically built, and as somebody you know famously once said. The best, if you want the best view in Poland, go to the top of the Palace of Culture because it's the only place that you can't see the Palace of Culture. Yeah, <laughs> because it's still a, obviously it's a symbolic. There's reticence to it because obviously it's basically it's it's like Graham Souness when he planted that big flag in the middle of uh, the pitch in Turkey. It's yeah, basically Istanbul. Russia. Russia. Some polls see it as Russia, you know, trying to claim Poland by sticking uh, that fucking building in it. You've got to remember, like, uh, you know, during the Second World War, eighty-five to ninety percent of all buildings were demolished in Warsaw. That's the interesting thing about Warsaw, especially because Warsaw back in the day was like Paris in terms of splendor, and you, and you see that walking around. There's lots of parks, and there's like these kind of and stately the homes. Beautiful, stately homes, but a lot of that is just rebuilt rebuilt from the originals and you know back in the day that's the difference i mean the polish by nature are are, are pretty stubborn so they weren't letting uh, the germans or hitler's germany waltz on through without a fight and you know part of hitler's mandate was to level warsaw as well 
which he did a pretty good job and, of. And just, and, and just remove as much of the culture as possible. Yeah, well, you compare it to Paris and the, the French's approach to it, where they were just probably thinking more long term. And we call them surrender monkeys based on that. But, you know, there is that philosophical debate. Is it better to be stubborn and lose everything or and keep your principles? Or is it better to uh, live another day? There's no kind of right and wrong answer. Maybe it's a bit of both, but uh, this is a football kind of podcast. Uh, not this kind one, of though. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and to the game, but, but yeah, that was uh, so. When you've got a lay of the land, you kind of know that yeah, literally that stadium's is a short cab ride away. So the police are telling you to get on these buses. You go where uh, the Villa fans have been told to join up, and it's just like police fucking everywhere. Oh, it's mental. Absolutely mental. As I put out, there was 1,500 police on duty, which was pretty much one per Villa fan because... Well, we had I mean, 1,700 of them, ourselves, <laughs> But there was definitely... Uh, wasn't 1,700 Villa fans there. No way. There were so many empty seats. But... So I was thinking, well, I'm not getting... I'm not getting kettled onto a bus, so we'll get a cab. Because these buses were coming past and they'll be like they weren't that frequent to be honest but there was three police fans in front three police fans at the back blue lights flashing sirens waving and you know they were just like blazing off and you just thought yeah you kind of don't want to be uh drawing attention so we got a cab and uh fucking hell polish traffic was worse than birmingham traffic when i was trying to get the flight in the first place and we went, we moan about the traffic around villa park and it took us about an hour to get there, wasn't it? And we were just dead time. And we just thought, oh, bollocks to this, we'll walk. Then we ended up on, uh, on the home home end. Right by the ultras. Cheers for that, Uber. <laughs> we could have helped them with that gorilla, Tifo, actually. <laughs> could have done the lights in the eyes. It wasn't a case of just walking around the ground. You had to actually walk back out, cross over a, a moat, and then really walk around. And, uh, you know, the clock was a ticking. It was like five minutes left. Then yeah. you get to the fence and there's the entrance is big, you know, there's riot police everywhere, searches. Well, they're wondering why you're even there because you've come from the home end. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, I'm English. Look, I've got a match ticket. Reluctantly yeah. let you through. And then you're into this massive sort of sterile zone, as they call it, where you, there was going to be no chance of any home fans getting to the villa. You sort of didn't even see a villa fan until you got right down the, the track. But got in just before uh, kickoff. The well, gorilla we, was unveiled. <laughs> Gorilla's being unveiled, you know, the players start to come on the pitch, so, you know, you've made it for that. But that was the thing I noticed, there was lots of space around, like empty seats. You could literally sit where you wanted or stand where you wanted. As I did. Yeah, I mean, I was up in the upper tier near the front, and that was like the best perch. Uh, You know, I I did text you, I think you got that text later on. You went with your besties, Villa on tour. Yeah, well, they, they, they were giving me a lift home from Luton as well. Yeah, so I suppose, yeah. I suppose. And then the game kicked off and all of a sudden your eardrums are blown <laughs> by just the most incredible... I mean, we, we said, I think, in the previous show, we were walking around the home end and having to basically do a perimeter of the ground and it was really loud outside the stadium, let alone inside it. And then as soon as you walked up those steps into the way and it just hits you like, wow. Yeah. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. 
With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, you have expectations. I mean, obviously, you know the reputation of... Well, we've all seen the videos Warsaw as well. Fans, but you, you saw it in full effect there, and, and it's kind of really impressive in, in the flesh. But, you know, the TIFO goes up. I know that UEFA are after them in terms of pyro, so I knew there wasn't going to be any pyro. Or if there was, you know, they would be in hot water because I think they've had a the club have basically said yeah no more pyro at least for now I mean that was one thing you kind of wanted to see I think a lot of uh, Villa supporters were were kind of you know hoping to see that because it's part of the cause for most in most Polish games but anyway the TIFO uh, the gorilla thing was great I mean it got the reception from Villa fans you know what the fuck is that and also shove your jungle up your ass and uh, songs like that which they're out of jealousy more than anything aren't they <laughs> Well, it's just the, the British, the British banter. But I think most people in that end were were, were very kind of respect, not well, sort of respectful of it. They're going fair play. Everyone who I've spoke to over there was impressed by them. Yeah, it's like this is a great experience. Yeah. But then it's like it's just the start of the show, isn't it? Because that yeah, disappears. It keeps going. And then, then a, like a leisure Warsaw scarf collar kind of tifo right goes across, across the lower tier. Yeah, along the lower tier. And you got a band up on like well not a band, you got like drummers on a on like a plinth sort of thing. Yeah, the drummers are kind of leading the chants, basically. Yeah. You've got some ultras like, you know, most places lit the mega facing the crowd, getting everybody uh, in unison. All the other stands were were in unison as well. That was what was really impressed me. You know, their equivalent of like the Trinity Road and the padded seats, they were stood up and bouncing yeah. with them. Then after the uh the kind of scarf colours, TIFO, then all these big flags came out. And they were being like waved throughout, and then uh, everybody started jumping around, and that went all th- well, all four uh, sides of the ground as well. And then you know there was like uh, some kind of anthem or prayer type thing where everybody suddenly stood up, and there was this kind of long—it lasted a couple of minutes, like this long passage that they all chanted and, and sang. It was just full on ninety minutes. And the Villa away fans—I mean, we were in it for the first five minutes. Then it was just, as you said on the main show, it's like pissing in the wind. It was just like this—we can't compete here. You just—you just outnumbered. You're out. You're outnumbered by people who were all in. Yeah, and we're thin on numbers here. It's this is a massacre if we try to engage. <laughs> yeah. And the Villa gave it a really good go. You know, luckily, we you know we equalised pretty quickly. The, the thing that hit me in the first half was every time we got the ball, you know, they whistle as they often do abroad. But as soon as you'd cross the halfway line, it would just like ramp up, wouldn't it? You know, like, wow, yeah. it was even louder than the chanting. So you know, when Villa had the ball, they were just booing and, and hissing like full on on the whole ground. So this was like something you, know, you don't really see in the English league at all. It's a lot more passive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I saw a video actually from the from the Warsaw end. When we scored, and the way, and of course, this guy's gone ballistic, but it's kind of like a silent movie. You're seeing bodies flying everywhere, you know, hashtag limbs and all that. But 
they're still singing, so you can't actually hear the noise of the Villa fans, which yeah. is the strangest thing. Yeah, and you can see them racking up points at home in this. That's, I mean, let's place get back, to go. Let's get back to the tournament in hand. And I thought, I mean, I've said it on the main show, uh, I think at the end, and I think I wrote it in that BBC column, that I, I, I put this down as a blot on, the first blot really on Emery's copy book, because surely he knows about the uh, intensity of the uh, the home fans there. And you, you, you don't put out an unfamiliar back four, surely. I mean, there was a debut and then obviously Chambers. Who's barely kicked a ball all season. I mean, he started against Hibs at home. That was about it. And you've got no two players in that back four have played with each other, whoever they're standing next to. Because, you know, Konza and Luca Dean are obviously separated by a centre-back. So there's no partnerships. There's no familiarity. There's no instinctual familiarity. And you saw that on the goals. And it, and it's obvious, you know, why they scored. It's lack of communication, lack of familiarity on that back four. And I would have erred on the side of caution there and, and played a back four who knew each other. And to be honest, you know, obviously with Mings out, they're rapidly learning but I would have played Torres my thinking before the game was actually that I thought he might because I think he did it Burnley didn't he and he'd been trying it through pre-season I thought he might play three at the back for that kind of game for those difficult away games you play back three and wing backs and you can basically yeah. drop in if you have to you know you can play a back five and you've got your two sitters in front of it if you haven't got the ball and sort of draw them in knowing that we've got plenty of pace up front and even more pace coming off the bench because our bench was was very strong and we kind of just in a game like, you know, you, you conceded so early that they know they're in the game then straight away and we, we were just gifting them goals. All three of them are awful. But if you have a, let's say you have a back four, I mean, one new face maybe, but not two where you, suddenly it's like half the back four is not familiar with itself. So that, mm-hmm. when we saw that, we thought, mm, this is going to be interesting because you saw the atmosphere and you think this is this is white hot, this is. And they got an early goal, as they did in the game after, actually. They scored in, uh, I think, the eighth minute in their, their next home game. And that suddenly you're thinking, shit, we're on the back foot there. And obviously the atmosphere gets on top of you. We did, I mean, the Villa fans, we, we you know, we there was limbs uh, when we equalised the first time, especially just because you thought, fucking hell, we're getting kind of swept away here by the atmosphere and you know we're one nil down so that was a good reaction to get it in quickly as well and then you, you just kind of settled just think at 2-2 two, two, you thought right whew, we, you know we got out of there time, half you time. relief don't you thinking wow we've, yeah. we've got out we've got away with it here and then you're thinking well hopefully we can do something bring some people on and i don't know i don't think the reaction was second half they were poor good at all no and even however bad we played i sort of i've watched the highlights back and you think god we've we were crap second half, and we've still had the chances to get out of there with at least a point. Yeah. Ramsey has a big chance. Diaby has a chance, which he kind of is tentative with. Uh, Telemans right at the death has a huge chance, blasts it into the side netting. So it isn't like we didn't have the chances, and we had bits of relative control. We just kept playing ourselves into trouble without, with you know, when we would give the ball away. Yeah. So I, I mean, I look at this, and I just think it was a reckless result because I don't think we should have got beat here. No. And a draw wouldn't have been the worst result, especially with Mostar beating Alkmaar. Yeah, I think a draw's fine. We shouldn't have got beat here. I mean, this was, uh, it's just one of those where you think, this we this, we let ourselves down here because, I mean, fair play to them, fair play to their supporters especially, but we gifted them pretty much all those goals. Yeah. Didn't take our guilt edge opportunities. And really, you, you should be kicking yourself here. 
It reminded me of some of those derby games when we when Blues came up many, many years ago where you know you're playing an inferior team, but you've let the crowd, the occasion, and the opposition just sort of bully you a little bit. You know, that they've more than made up for their inferior ability by just being organised and having a plan and executing it well and, and believing in themselves. And then when the opportunity comes, they took it. They know they took the goals really well, but they were because they were gifted. It's like the perfect away performance, really. <laughs> but it's like back in the day when home advantage was home advantage be- mm-hmm. before you know, home stadiums became, you know, gentrified and, and yeah, let's say library-esque. And, you, you know, that in the, in the recent, like, last 10, 15 years, it's the, the away fans are the ones that have the crack now. But back in the day, there were certain grounds that held their own because there was a proper home atmosphere. And we got one there, and it levels a lot of things out. That's, you know, this, this is the archetypal example of home advantage. And as you said, the Blues have managed to pull that one out, inferior team, but have managed, you know, in those Enkelman days. Big you get on top and you can change a game if you get that atmosphere going. We, we were caught with our pants down, really, where the players were. We were, big time. And I think when it goes to 3-2, I think it sort of knocks the stuffing out of the team a little bit and certainly the fan base. So at this point where a lot of people who've been on the, the piss all day are starting to sober up. And it was just like, I think everybody realised no, no that... No drinks oh, in your way end. No, of, of course. And at that point, you're almost thinking, yeah, we're not at the races here. You know, we've gone in at half time, but actually we're not we're not playing well here. Yeah. And we, you know, at that point, you're starting to think we're going to get done here unless we, we do something really special and we, we just didn't have enough. I mean, go back to uh, the Europa League in 2021-22 uh, season. Leicester played them... They beat Leicester in Warsaw 1-0. Yeah. Tillemans was playing. You can see why, how. And then uh, when Leicester had him back at uh, the King Power, Leicester won 3-1. So based on that, as long as we're on our game, we should beat them at Villa Park. Well, we certainly won't take. We certainly won't be taking teams lightly. And it's like if you if you're going to have the game where you f- fuck up and take it all a bit lightly, at least you've got it out of the way, and, and, it, and it really will focus the mind. You would think, and the fact that they kind of had a, a good response at Chelsea off the back of it suggests that mentality is not necessarily a, a, a major issue. It's just they just took their foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, and and also, I mean. Emery alluded to it in his post-match where he's saying, you know, we've we got to make sure we win our home games because the away situation is different. It's not mm-hmm. English fans in the Premier League. It's a lot more fickle. There's, there's that thing where as an away team, you go, right, we need to silence the crowd. If we get an early goal, you silence the crowd. Alkmaar, Warsaw, you're not silencing the crowd if you want a 2-0 up. It's a different uh, different ball game. So you've got to bear that in mind. It is a, it is a harder slog away from home and you know back in the day if you got a nil nil when it was away goals rule two legs if you got a nil nil away that's a great result and if you're going to lose lose 2-1 get the away goal and you you know you take you take the opposition back to your own place and win 1-0 I remember we did that against Star Bucharest many years ago I remember York scored a really late header and we got yeah. absolutely bullied in the first half York nicked a goal back to come back to Villa Park and won I think we did the same in Bilbao didn't we and a few other places I mean Zerinsky beating coming back from 3-0 to 1-4 that's a mental Dick, result wasn't it, when we found that out Dick Advocat the old uh, the Dutch Rangers ex-manager mm. he was doing punditry uh, on, in Holland and he said at half time he said Teams like this shouldn't be in Euro- uh, European competitions. <laughs> that age well. <laughs> <laughs> that age very quickly. But that's definitely puts a uh, heightener on that the Villa have got to win all three home games. I mean, West Ham look at us now and they just like, they just walked through. I think they, they drew had a much one easier game. group, to be fair. Yeah. But we, we have a Europa League level group, that's for sure. And you're looking at Leger Warsaw, who are only second in their in their div- in their league because the team above them have played two or three times more. And they're and, the most you know, successful side in Poland. Yeah, this is a team uh, with pedigree. Well, recently, I, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and they, I think they'd only lost, was it, one in a year at home. There's not many teams go there yeah. and get a win. 
Anyway, after we were, we knew it was going to be 40 minutes at least, but I knew, you know, when the police told me 40 you minutes. That as well, don't you? you kind of think that's part of the course. I knew really. it was going to be more because it's always a fluid situation. They have to clear the fans out. There's always going to be fans waiting around to uh, have a pop at the away fans. But they said that, then, you know, 40 minutes, we're kind of hanging tight, you know, chatting, waiting. And then you get out there and then you're stuck in that middle. Uh, and Leicester fans apparently were stuck there for hours as well. I mean, I've heard some exaggerated reports. I don't know what to believe in terms of period. So it's not as if we're the first English team in town in, you know, in recent memory. But the idea is you are being kept there, obviously, to let the crowd disperse, the home fans, but also to ready the buses. And then we were standing there for like two hours. No bu- no sign of any buses. And we were promised five, weren't we? And you think, well, just have five buses waiting and we'll all pile on and we'll all pile back into town together. Yeah, bing, bang, bosh, away you go. So, you know, I, I communicated to the police while I was there because there was certain West Midlands police out there. And they said, oh, you know, they're still waiting for the bus, buses. And you think, well, you know what time the kickoff is, you know. There was no extra time or anything. <laughs> you know, I put out a post saying, and, and enough people saw it, everybody knows they're going to be there for 40 minutes after. So we, we don't mind. Everybody's well behaved, by the way. I guess there were no problems, were there? That was the thing. So everybody's patient. And then there's no fucking buses. And you think, what's going on there? Now, you've heard subsequently, uh, and we actually drove past it. I don't know if you saw it. But uh, when we got a police escort out there, finally, we went past. Uh, there was police all under a bridge. And that was where uh, Legio Warsaw fan had kind of jumped down and, and actually uh, died so there was that incident, but I don't think that was holding up us directly. And, uh, you know, we heard talk that there were home fans kind of waiting for us, but as there is always going to be. But if you get some people on the bus right outside, then you're just going to blaze through with that presidential escort. So it yeah, was a bit frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit frustrating and a waste of time. And also, it, it drains the time out of the night. And then you get to the, uh, once you're finally in. I mean, it's quite funny because you, you have this escort. And because they lost, it was like a escort of shame. We were going down like the high streets in Warsaw with all like the sidewalk bars with people just like, obviously, you know, blue lights flashing, sirens wailing. And everybody's kind of laughing at us because we've been beaten as well. So there was that walk of shame or drive of shame. But then when you get out, you like you just you don't feel like cracking on. And you guys had like a six a.m. flight, so uh, you were never going to be a bunch of fun anyway. No, we think we all let. And a lot of people had just scattered, hadn't they? By that point, you know, a lot of people yeah. had to get trains, or some people had missed trains. You know, people who were going back to Krakow and Poznan, especially. You know, there were a lot of people flying out of there on Friday morning. And I think as soon as you lose the game, it's a bit like you know an away game anywhere, really, where you just think, right, we've lost get me home sort of thing. I think if you win, it becomes a very different atmosphere. And I was like, right, now we've got the night in Warsaw, let's let's get stuck in. It didn't yeah. feel like that. I think a lot of people had got stuck in the night before and the day of the game. But afterwards, everyone was like, oh, fuck this. Everyone, a lot of people's attention would have turned to, let's get back, we've got Chelsea on Sunday. Yeah, and I think you disappeared at like three in the morning, didn't you? Or- yeah, yeah, pretty much just to get there. Luckily, it was only six quid to get a, a taxi, to the, uh, taxi to the airport, so good on the poles for that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good thing. You know, we're eating out most of the time because it's it's a hell of a lot cheaper, and you don't feel like you're getting screwed every everywhere in every place you go, as you do if you go to you know Villa Park or uh, just generally in life nowadays in the UK. Yeah, like, you know, the equivalent in a you know in an Uber in the UK to get to you know sort of I don't know from the centre of town out to the airport would be a heck of a lot more. Yeah, but drinks, foods, anything like that was uh, kind of a revelation in terms of uh, price. That's, I mean, that's partly uh, why you do that, why you, you did the Warsaw trip over, you know, all yeah, the other yeah. ones. Uh, well, the most expensive bit was the getting there. Yeah, and uh, we got there, it's not too bad. Dynamic prices. I think the flight out was ninety. 
think coming home was I horrendous. Checked, like two days later, and it was sixty. And then on the day of the flight, it was only seventy. So <laughs> I mean, the flight on the way back was like thirty something. But you had a twenty-six euro train fare uh, on top of that. I had an extra day in Warsaw where I kind of I did something early morning, like went to a couple of museums or whatever, and then just worked on something, and then went to uh, that water fountain multimedia display, oh, wow. which turned out to be like a Disney Fantasia. So you had. Uh, Polish versions of uh, what's the Elton John Lion King? Can you feel the love tonight? And, Can uh, you feel the, the love circle of life <laughs> in in Polish? But then like dance dancing fountains and projections. But that's literally around the corner from the apartment, so uh, it was a wholesome way to finish with all like the local families or whatever. And then I got a train the next day. Actually, the, just coincidentally, I, I picked a different path to get to the. Uh, Central train station, which is kind of behind the Palace of Culture. And it was very much in the Jewish ghetto quarter. So I walked over where there's like a line marked where the wall was and then found myself just around the corner from where there is uh, the remains of the original wall. So I went to check that out. There's like a little garden next to it. So it's quite good when you are taking a journey just to get the the train that actually that is part of your uh, touristic experience so you're not wasting any time and then a four and a half hour trip to Vatslav which where I've been about 14 years ago so I actually had some food in a restaurant I, I first did when I was there uh, last time I was there for like five days for a film festival and it's like a university town you got the old market square and everything and it's like you know the architecture is all great kind of Germanic because it's swap borders a few times over the decades but as a university town I mean that, that was a wild place every night would be at various parties and bars and you know there's always dancing on the tables and uh, you know they would really go for it but a bit quieter this time I was literally there a couple of hours and off to the airport and then flight was delayed and then delay to 11 o'clock from 8.45. And then I was just, I just checked my email by coincidence, you know, just by in passing. And there was another email saying, oh yeah, the new flight time is 10 minutes past 4 p.m. tomorrow. And you're like, you shysters. Then I got into a ruck with security there. We were trying to get information uh, at the gate and the door was closed. There was loads of people in there getting information. And there was me and there's about six other people. And this girl came out of the door. I put my foot in there just to basically so so it wouldn't close so we could go in there and get the information and then it all kicked off from there there was this girl was like you can't go in there you can't go in there i think i realized later that you have to pass through passport to get into your gates even though uh, you can hardly see it so i think that's why she was freaking out even though she said i don't work here i'm just a bar you know working the bars here and i said well i, I don't care i just want to go home and these people <laughs> behind she called a security guy big tattoos he was trying to push me out i refused to move they were saying we'll have to get the police. I said, "Well, get the police." Then at least I know I've got a chance of somewhere to stay tonight. <laughs> every threat, every threat they threw my way just had no effect. At that point, you and just in, want to get home, didn't you? Yeah. In the end, we made a pact that if he came out and explained the situation, because all I said, "Can you just get that woman who's handing out information to come here?" And that's all I asked. And it just got ridiculous. It was real jobs worth stuff. It wasn't like they were actually listening to what you were saying and the other people behind me. It was just like trying to get out the ground, wasn't it? You know, everyone's queuing to yeah. get onto buses as they've been told to. And then all of a sudden they're like putting over like a, a tannoy thing of like, oh yeah, just to let you know, you've all got to get taxis. And like, oh yeah, well done. Anyway, that, that was sorted out. And then it was like, oh yes, we will, uh, if you uh, go to the desk downstairs, uh, uh, the check-in, we will uh, talk about hotels and taxis and refund you, blah, blah, blah. And 
then my sister actually sent me a message and basically it's the reputation of Vizaire, like an article saying how much they owe over five million in refunds to people for like cancelled flights and how they haven't been paying up and you're like yeah this is a shit show and they say oh if you give us our name we'll get back to you but it will be like three hours or so and you're just like yeah fuck this I'm, I'll go across the road and book myself in and then uh, you know give it to one of these firms to chase down the compensation but bumped into a few Villa people in the same situation so we in the afternoon uh, before the Chelsea kickoff, we were having a few drinks chatting about Villa and uh, killing in the time it was, it was good fun and then finally uh, I think when we took off the Chelsea game it was at half time-ish or actually Chelsea just come down to uh, 10 men so you're just about to take off so does that right when we land let's find out if filler have capitalized on the uh, the 10 men thankfully they did we because have. that would have been a bit of a downer once the uh, signal kicks in again and you find yourself you haven't actually beaten 10 men at chill so at least filler provided a uh, a positive full stop to uh, the whole trip but it was a great trip all in i enjoyed myself you know one of those ones where you go abroad, you know, the, the, the result, I wouldn't say it's immaterial, but it kind of, you've had enough other good things that outweigh it. And look, and, and, it, and because it wasn't like a knockout game or anything, we think, ah, oh, fucked it now. It's kind of like, you know, you've got five other opportunities to get your house in order. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, you've kind of got em- empathy for the people that have just gone out for that game. So literally landed on the day of the game and then got the fuck out of there straight Which after. I knew a few people who were. Because some people are obviously, they haven't got direct flight, so it, it becomes a bit of a schlep. And then, you know, the result really manifests itself into uh, if you've had a good time or not. Because if, you know, then you've got to go to this country, fly to this country, change, and then fly back. And if it's all about the game, then it's, I mean, I, I think in that 90 minutes, just that home atmosphere it's worth doing whatever your great experience. Was. It's one of those ones for you know people who sort of like the whole ground hopper thing or like to go and go to games abroad. I'd, I'd actually recommend the city and I'd recommend going and experiencing Warsaw yeah. playing at home. Yeah, and it's a it's a nice stadium. You know, it's it's, it's only about thirty thousand, so it's not a massive stadium. It's not imposing, but it is. It's loud. It's very modern. Really nice ground. Yeah. No complaints from me. But yeah, if you get the right rivalry in Pol in the Polish league, you're going to get a good game. I mean, I've watched some, you know, like the Lodz derby where. Some of the pyro is just insane. It's like like a nuclear war's going on or something. But uh, definitely worth. I mean, you know, you're looking at this and you're thinking terrace view, hundred and twenty pounds, or pretty much if you got your flights cheap enough, you could probably get let's say a fifty quid return to Poland. Get a ticket for twenty quid, less than that. It was less when it was eighteen. Let's say let's say fifteen quid ticket for a local game, and then you'll have enough spare money for a, to pay for a night's hotel or you know whatever so you could do it for 120 easily and have one hell of a much better experience in terms of real football yeah well, i think we, we was we'd said after the game you know if a you wouldn't want to be stood outside those turnstiles for a couple of hours in december so we were fortunate that it was a really lovely warm evening same same anywhere though isn't it same anywhere yeah but it's bloody cold in Eastern European winter. But you, but you only it's only because it's a uh, European English fans abroad that you having to go through all those searches. It would be less yeah. you know, if it's a domestic game. It's you're not standing out there for hours in the bloody winter. No. And and secondly, I think if, if you're Chris Heck or if you're sat next to Chris Heck in the padded seats, so soaking in the overall experience, you're pointing out that home end and going, "That's what the whole end can be." Not literally at that level, but. Let's get a bit of that. Yeah, it will never be like that. It's, it's those never days. that because they, they, they just will never buy into that kind of culture. But Yeah, but I mean, from supporters and also uh, the club itself, it's just one. This is when supporters run the show and that yeah. will never happen in the Premier League. There's a little bit in Liverpool, but... And that's taken ultimate. a heck of a long time to happen. 
Yeah, and that's kind of building trust. But that's still, you know, the club can shit on that at any moment, really. Same I mean, in Newcastle. You know, hospitality in, in Villa's cop end, the whole would never happen in Italy or, you know, in certain, the certain fan bases would just not allow that to happen. So this is a different world we live in uh, in English football, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's not go off on a tangent. Recommended trips to Poland for the football. It's kind of probably, uh, you get a similar experience Probably to like going to the Bundesliga, I, I would say, but a little bit more rawer. Yeah, a little bit more lively. In, in Warsaw terms, you've got a very modern stadium, so it's certainly a nicer stadium than going somewhere like Italy. Um, even yeah. though you get the sort of the more prestigious clubs and stuff, you know, the Spanish the Spanish trips are notoriously very very quiet. The stadiums over there, most of them, it is, it's probably closer to sort of Italy and, and Germany, but I think louder. Yeah, I mean, if if you get a good game like a local derby or something, you're going to get a packed house as well. Yeah. Anyway. That's uh, a bit waffly, but it's more uh, an extra and make of it what you will. This podcast was sponsored by the Polish Tourist Board. (laughs) (laughs) Only joking, I wish. Right, we will join you again for something for the weekend. So until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.